You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Locked On Fantasy Football. Winning your league starts with the right data. Vinny Iyer of the Sporting News provides you the edge you need in your fantasy football league. Subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Football and the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Today, we are going to talk about the defensive line Position, And we are also going to talk about new COVID protocols that caused some controversy, uh, even among NFL players yesterday in what was a pretty surprising move by the NFL to take a strong stance on trying to get players vaccinated. That is something that we will talk about later. Let's start with the defensive line. So... The Packers have a group of players that I think we can feel pretty confident are going to be major contributors to this team. Kenny Clark is the no-doubter. Kingsley Kiki is the other no-doubter. Before we get to any other players, I think it's worth asking how many other guys are even going to be a part of this rotation on a regular basis. Given the way that this team wants to play, they played extremely light boxes last year. In fact, played some of the smallest boxes in football. There were only two defensive linemen, true defensive linemen who played more than 60% of snaps. Aaron Donald played 84.5%. Michael Brockers played 61% of snaps last season. Now, part of that was due to injuries. Um, and, you know, they had a couple other guys who played in that 40% range, which which could suggest that they wanted to play a lot of those three-man fronts and then figure out what you want to do behind it. The, the thought that I have when it comes to this particular defense is there are ways by alignment to create some opportunities for mismatches. And that is something that we saw last year from the Rams. So even though they lined up with light boxes, they did not line up with light fronts. And I wrote about this earlier in the offseason for Packer Report. There were a lot of times when they had three true defensive linemen on the field and two outside linebackers and then another off-ball linebacker. So that means their front really was a five-man front. You've got the three defensive linemen and two outside linebackers. If that's going to be the case, that allows someone like Dean Lowry, who is not well-suited to playing inside, in my opinion, to play a little bit more five-tech, to play a little bit more on the edge, where he can use his athleticism and his quickness and the, the penetrating ability that he has. Kenny Clark can play a little more three-tech. Kingsley Kiki can penetrate on the inside. And someone like TJ Slayton 
can play along the interior, can play that one shade, or you can play that tight front where you're covering both B-gaps. There's a lot of different options that you have with this defense. And rather than do the Mike Patton play your nickel defense with two real defensive linemen, two outside linebackers, so two edge players, and then go bring that extra defender down, the, the safety hybrid linebacker defender, you could play with three defensive linemen, two edge players, have that five-man front, and just play with one true linebacker. And what that allows you to do is then you can play your nickel with five behind, two safeties, three corners, and just the one linebacker. And what that does is it allows you to have some bigger bodies up front. And then that makes it easier to keep your that one linebacker free to make plays. Plus, in a lot of situations, you're going to have a two-shell safety look that you're going to spin down and one of those guys is going to become a box defender anyway. Whether it's Savage, whether it's Adrian Amos, doesn't matter. That means... You need some of these defensive linemen to play real snaps. And, and it's nice to have a rotation. It's nice to save the the hits on someone like Kenny Clark. Kingsley Kiki had the injuries last year. The concussions, that's not something that necessarily you can you can really plan for or, or train for. Just an unfortunate situation. For the Packers, I'm, I'm really interested in training camp. And this is not training camp battles necessarily. And that's not what all these positional previews are about. I want to see what the fronts look like. I want to see how often they're playing three-man fronts. True three defensive linemen fronts. How often are Kenny Clark, Kingsley Kiki, and Dean Lowry on the field at once? Or some variation of, you know, Dean Lowry or, or TJ Slayton or Tyler Lancaster or whoever it is. That's the Those are the five guys who are going to make the team. No one else is really in the mix unless someone of, of significance gets cut and wants to come to Green Bay or someone gets hurt. And then you have to try and convince Snacks Harrison to come play like the Packers did last year. You know, there, there certainly could be a, another version of Damon Harrison this season. You know, it doesn't have to be literally Snacks, but someone like that. We'll see. But the, the battles are less interesting to me outside of what happens with Slayton versus Lancaster. Because that's where I think we could see some changes. Because... You're, you're probably not going to play Kiki. Well, maybe you do, but you're probably not going to play Kenny Clark in a similar alignment with Dean Lowry. And and if you're, if you're TJ Slayton, you probably have to play three to three somewhere in there. You've got to play along the interior. You've got to play guard to guard. Now they, he can still potentially be used on some on some twists and stunts, but yeah, probably not going to use him on like those tackle end stunts. It's just probably not what you want him doing. You want him being a a one gap penetrator if you can be, or a, a two gap space eater, rather than going and trying to beat you know offensive tackles in pass rush situations. If you can avoid it, he's probably not going to be on the field in those situations. So Kingsley Kiki's background though. 
And we saw last year when he was in a position to penetrate along the interior, I felt like watching his college tape, that's where he was best. But he slimmed down that that final year in college and played more on the edge. Maybe if someone like Slayton really plays well, you can justify saying, okay, Kingsley Kiki, you're going to play a little more five tech. You're going to play a little bit more on the edge on uh, early downs. And someone like TJ Slayton is going to play more inside on early downs to give you a little bit more beef and a little bit more pass rush. Because I think Kiki, as a pass rusher, has more upside than Dean Lowry. So if we're operating from the assumption that they're going to play three guys more, I think that's an interesting way to go. Now, we're not talking specifically today about outside linebackers, but the other day we talked about Zedarius Smith and, and his role on this team and his ability to play inside and everything that did to unlock someone like Kenny Clark. And to get more reps for Rashawn Gary when he's on the field. Hopefully he's on the field a lot more this year than he was last year. You can play those same three-man fronts. You just don't have to have true defensive linemen on the field. So what about playing two true defensive linemen, Kenny Clark and, and Kingsley Kiki, in that tight front? And then you have the guy on the edge... Not, you know, not wide nine, not not outside shade on the tackle. But you can you can line up two edge players next to each other. You can line up Zadarius Smith and Rashawn Gary and and pick a rotation. Because you could have Rashawn Gary inside of Z or Z inside of Gary. Preston Smith, you've got three guys, and so you can be flexible. You can use these interchangeable pieces in really creative ways. Now, whether or not they're willing to be flexible enough to do that, we're going to see. That's what makes this training camp and this preseason so interesting is they have a lot of ways they can deploy their fronts. The, the battle's not as interesting. Now, I do think that someone like Slayton, someone like Kiki, with a new defensive coordinator, now same defensive line coach, but new defensive coordinator can come in and say, well, I think for what we want, I don't care as much about the old roles, the old, what the, what the guys have proved before. I want to see it now. What do you have now? That is the difference. And, and that's what we just don't know yet. We just don't know yet because we don't know enough about what they want to do really. Until we see it, we're not going to really have a good understanding of what this defense is going to look like. So we're pretty sure we know the five guys that they're going to roll with. Um, as of right now, it's pretty hard to see any of the other guys on this team. At least right now, you know, the the Carlo Kemp's, the Jack Heflin's, the Willington Prevalons, the Delonte Scott's. It's hard to see them making this squad. Doesn't mean they won't. It's just hard to see them right now doing that. The interesting part of this for training camp is how are they deployed? And what does that mean vis-a-vis -vis the edge rushers? That's what I am fascinated to watch here in training camp. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have so many delicious flavors for you to choose from. You like fruit with your chocolate? 
try the Cherry Barcia. You like old school dessert kind of flavors? Cookies and cream, double chocolate, salted caramel. They have so many options for you. Go check it out because they're not only do they have all of these incredible flavors, but they are high in protein, high in fiber, low in net carbs, and low in sugar. Listen, don't ask me how they do it. All I know is they do it. It's incredible. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at built.com. So the NFL came out with a memo on Thursday. And in that memo, they decreed that if a team because of an unvaccinated player and don't worry we're not going to we're not going to go down the rabbit hole in the vaccine part of this but if the team has spread covid positive spread that is happening you know close to game time and they can't complete contact tracing you know on a saturday a bunch of a bunch of guys pop and you got to delay the game and it can't be properly rescheduled. Now, this is, you know, seemingly unlikely. Last year, we were able to get these games played. But maybe what they're going to do is say, we're not taking away bye weeks. We're not going to do to teams what we did to the Steelers and say, okay, well, now your bye week, you got to play. And then you got a bye week, even though you practice all week, which isn't really a bye week. If you can't get these games rescheduled and rescheduled, you know, Monday, Tuesday, and you're still having spread. It's basically if you're having an outbreak. You know, the way the Titans had an outbreak. And we're talking about multiple, multiple days where new new guys are popping up every day. And it's like, okay, when can this game get played? Monday, Tuesday? When we played a game on Wednesday last year. I don't foresee that happening again. That seems to be the point of this memo. That if that is the case, that this happens based on players who aren't vaccinated, that it will be the team's responsibility to cover the costs for the other team and they will forfeit. The game will not be played. They'll forfeit. You get a loss. The other team gets a win and you have to pay. Now, what is weird is the team who didn't have the COVID outbreak, their players don't get paid. And that is... Nonsense. That sucks. It's not that team's fault that they don't get paid. If the team with the COVID outbreak has to pay into the VTS pool, which is the the ticket revenue, you have to fill that gap between, okay, there was supposed to be a game and there wasn't, and now they're out all that money. You have to cover that cost. But that doesn't help the players who are missing a game check. So you have to be more mindful of that if you're the NFL in my opinion it just I, to me it doesn't make sense that you are taking away the money from these players who aren't responsible for this situation the forfeit is nice it helps you if you're the team that was the non-covid positive outbreak team but that doesn't help me pay bills i can't i can't pay my cell phone bill with a win that's not how this works so that part of it to me, doesn't make a lot of sense.
And we saw some really, really strong responses. Matthew Judon had some choice words for the NFLPA. DeAndre Hopkins, uh, before deleting the tweet, tweeted that he would consider retiring before getting the shot. This is an interesting tact by the NFL. Because what they're basically doing is saying, look, we're not going to require anyone to get the COVID-19 vaccine. We're not going to say you got to go get Moderna. You got to go get Pfizer. You got to go get Johnson & Johnson. We're saying if you don't and you test positive and a group of players on your team or coaches, we've, we've seen trainers and coaches and staff be a part of this, then you could be risking forfeit. And you could be risking money out of the pockets of your teammates. Quincy Avery, who is a, a prominent quarterbacks coach to the stars, to Deshaun Watson, was working with Jordan Love last week. He, he tweeted, if you don't get the vaccine now, You are a bad teammate. And there are other people who share this sentiment. There are going to be teams who believe this. Players who believe this. Now, the good news for the league is that based on the most recent accounting, 14 teams have 85% of their players vaccinated. That's a good number. And more than 78% of players in the league have received at least one shot of the COVID-19 vaccine, which means they're doing a really good job of getting these guys vaccinated. The players are doing a good job. We have to give them credit. And there are going to be, at least we're expected to see, and we haven't seen the details of it yet, that the league has said we're we're going to loosen restrictions on teams that have an 85% threshold of vaccinated players. This is a big deal. Because it affects all the day-to-day functions. Because otherwise, all of the old COVID protocols that the players hated, that that guys like Aaron Rodgers really didn't like, that they complained about. And the lack of camaraderie. I mean, Chase Claypool talked about not being able to eat lunch with his teammates. You get the jab. Everyone is in a good place. You get a chance to do that. So again... They're not requiring anyone to do anything. They are incentivizing players to do certain things by saying, look, do whatever you want, but if those decisions end up having consequences that result in X, then the the consequences for X are Y. And, you know, freedom is not being able to live free from consequences, it is being able to be free to make choices. So these players still have a choice to make. That does not mean there are not consequences for those choices. There are. There most certainly are. And it could change how we see the locker room dynamic when it comes to if guys are vaccinated or not. Uh, and and look, Michael Irvin said the other day uh, that basically, if you, if you don't get it, if you don't get the jab, you don't want to win. 
because there are advantages that you get. I mean, those those loosening restrictions, the day in, day out uh, uh, advantages, and and then the the not not being able to have guys lost to the COVID list. That's a potential advantage. Think about how different the Packers season would be if they had AJ Dillon the whole time. Think about how different it would be for a team who, you know, might have lost their quarterback, but now they're in a good place. I mean, the Broncos, in contact tracing, if, if their quarterbacks had all been vaccinated, they wouldn't have had to play a game with, you know, me at quarterback. It is a competitive advantage to have all your guys get the shot or as many guys as possible get the shot. Again, no one's being forced. No one is being forced. Is it coercion? Hmm? Hmm? Maybe. Maybe. But in a way, that's that's the league. That's That's life. That's capitalism. You don't want to lose out on money? Okay. Here's the deal. You know, you can decide not to go to work, but you might get fired. You have the freedom. You have the freedom to make a choice about whether or not you want to go to work tomorrow. You absolutely have the freedom to make that choice. You are not going to go to jail if if you don't show up to work tomorrow, probably, depending on your job, but probably not. But guess what? You might get in trouble. You might get fired, especially if it's not the first time that you decided you didn't want to go to work. The freedom to make choices is not the freedom from consequences. That is what the NFL is saying here. And so if you want to be Cole Beasley, you want to be DeAndre Hopkins, and you don't want to get it, okay, that's fine. You don't have to. But if you get COVID and you cause an outbreak because your teammates aren't vaccinated, you could end up costing yourself and your teammates a lot of money. And then it's not just a personal choice. It affects the people around you. And of course, getting vaccinated, that's always been the case. You're not just doing it for yourself. You're doing it for the people around you so that you don't get it and potentially spread it to others who might be more vulnerable than you. Now it's not just, okay, a teammate. I'm being a good teammate. I mean, that is the, that is the deal. You know, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a member of a professional football team, but I got the jab to be a good teammate to my family to my friends, to my surroundings, to my community. But that's esoteric. It's kind of metaphorical. I'm doing it to try and keep them safe so that I don't get it and spread it to them or that my odds of doing that are much less. Now, it's not esoteric. It's not theoretical. It is tangible. It is real. It is physical. It is financial. If you take that risk and you get the virus, and you're one of those teams that doesn't have, you know, there are still two teams at last count that that did not have over 50% of their players vaccinated. Those teams are at greater risk of being in this situation, of giving up money. I mean, game checks, those are real. Those are important. You know, Patrick Ewing is famous for, for talking about NBA players and saying like, look, we're just like you. We just spend more. NBA players still live hand to mouth like a lot of people. They just spend more. Now, you hope that people are being smart with their money. 
that they're saving, but that's a lot of money. You are now at risk of costing your teammates money, of your costing yourself money. If your team and and wins and losses, like actual wins and losses, the consequences of those actions are different. Before it was just, yeah, well, maybe I'll get it. I'll be okay. Now it's maybe I'll get it. And if I get it, not only could I cost our team a dub, not even give them a chance. You know, like AJ Dillon didn't play, he got COVID, but they won games without him. Even if you're DeAndre Hopkins, the Cardinals have a chance to win games without him. If he misses a week or two, they have a chance to win those games. In this scenario, they don't. You are forfeit. You do not get it. You lose. Good day, sir. That's the deal. It's a very different scenario. So, look, whether you agree or disagree with this policy, not the point. This is the deal. And so, will it change behavior? We'll see. It's a, it's a really good test case because this is a really strong incentive. It is a really strong incentive. And the NFL is a private business. So they get to make these choices. You want to talk about freedom? The NFL has the freedom to set these, these guidelines. And if you, if you don't like it, you can, as DeAndre Hopkins threatened on Twitter, a post he very quickly deleted, you can say, well, uh, I'll retire. But guess what? I bet he won't. And I bet Cole Beasley, I bet he'll call Mark Cuban and say, hey, please buy that stock and we'll get vaccinated, I promise. Because now you're talking about a Super Bowl contender potentially having to forfeit games because of your choices. You don't want to be that player. So now all of a sudden you have to take those choices a little more seriously. When there's no consequences, it's much easier to say, yeah, I don't want to do that. For whatever reason, the reasons don't matter. Then, now they do because the stakes are different. And that's exactly why the NFL decided to change the policy. Today's episode is brought to you by the Locked On Today podcast. Are Texas and Oklahoma headed for the SEC? We'll talk about that and a lot more. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. All right, we're going to be back next week as training camp gets set to open. Guess what? Aaron Rodgers probably not going to be there day one. If he is, I'll be floored and we'll talk about it and we'll get to talk about it. We'll get to hear from these guys. We'll get to see them in action and we will get even closer. I mean, preseason opens like two weeks in preseason games. So we're going to see these guys on the field. The pads are going to come on very soon. And that means we get to make actual evaluations of where these players are, where the team is, and where they can go in 2021. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up with the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-340-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. Locked on Packers.